Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone has a mother. I think that's obvious to us. And our Lord is no exception. The Bible says that Jesus was like us in every way. So that means he had a mother, just like us. His father, of course, is a different story altogether. In that way, he's not like us. He's more like Adam. In fact, Jesus is the second Adam, the beginning of a new humanity. Yet, Jesus had a mother. And so he's like us in every way, except without sin. So today is a day when the church decided to remember Mary, the mother of our Lord. That's why we've taken the time to pull out the stops and make it a bit more festive and formal, more chanting, more kneeling. Don't do this stuff often, but today's a day to celebrate. Why? Because she's the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whenever you see a picture, especially those Greek style, like that style, icon of Mary, you'll always put us something. The artists get it right. When you see the Blessed Virgin Mary, she's always holding the child. And you'll notice she's either looking at you and then and pointing to the child, or like the cover, she is looking directly at the child. Now, why do you think that is? Because Mary is not about Mary. Mary is actually about Jesus. So this morning, we're going to look at Mary. And we're going to look at Mary first as the mother of the Messiah, second as the mother of God, and third as the mother who believed. So first we see that Mary is the mother of the Messiah. Notice our epistle lesson, what St. Paul said. He said, when the time had fully come, at just the right moment in human history, there was a perfect storm of variables that all came together at the right time. It was the age of Roman peace. Roman technology and government had brought roads, paved roads, better than the roads we have. Those roads are still standing, and they don't need to be covered over with potholes, right? Some of the finest roads in the world, and plumbing. Additionally, Greek culture gave everybody a common language and a love for learning. Israel, God's Old Testament people, they were held in a sort of protective custody by Rome. And it wasn't all that bad either. They thought it was really bad, but it wasn't all that bad. They were protected from all their ancient enemies, and they could pretty much carry on business as usual, as long as they gave their taxes to Caesar, of course. 
The synagogues were thriving. Rabbis from the Pharisees were teaching people. The temple was being renovated by King Herod, and it was being run by the Sadducees. The people were in a watchful mood. They were waiting. They were expecting. They were hoping. They had a sense of being on the threshold of something big, something momentous. God had been strangely silent for 450 years. And there were some bright spots. The Maccabeans revolted against Antiochus, Epiphanes, and now they celebrated Hanukkah. But for the most part, the glory of the temple was gone. There was no Ark of the Covenant inside the Holy of Holies. So the people sensed that God was about to act. The time was ripe. God would fulfill his promises at last. He would gather Israel from all the nations where they'd been scattered and throw out the Romans, and it would be great. That's what they were expecting. And in fact, Simeon, a prophet who lived in the temple, was told directly by God that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah with his own eyes. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Mary was what every Israelite woman wanted to be, the mother of the Messiah. In a way, she's kind of an interesting parallel to Eve. Well, think about it. Eve listened to the words of the serpent and was deceived. Mary listens to the words of God from the angel, and she conceives. Her child is the child that will destroy that serpent, crush the serpent's head, conquer Satan, conquer death, all by dying. Mary was going to give birth to the one whom the prophet said would judge the poor with righteousness. The long-awaited, the long-expected Messiah was in Mary's womb. But Mary is not just the mother of the Messiah, it's more than that. In our gospel reading, Elizabeth calls Mary the mother of my Lord. The word Lord is used to refer to God. The God, the Lord of the universe, the God who made all things as a mother. Mary is the mother of God. The great mystery at the heart of the Christian faith, the reason why I either bow or go down on one knee, is because the infinite God who made everything, all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful, he took up residence in a finite room, womb. The Almighty God was a cluster of cells inside Mary. That is why Mary is blessed of all women. She bore the divine and eternal Son of God. We confess that every time we say that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Mary gave birth to the God who is with us. When we say that Mary is the mother of God, we're not talking about Mary. <laughs> we're talking about Jesus, right? It's not about Mary. It's about the son whom she bore. The child 
that Mary bore, Paul says, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the law. God's law. You know the law. It's summarized in the Ten Commandments. It's summarized even further in the Two Commandments. Love God. Love your neighbor. Jesus did what the law wanted. He did it perfectly. This is why he didn't just pop up as a man out of nowhere. He was born under the law. He was obedient to his father and mother. He had to grow and develop and experience everything like it's to experience all the trials of childhood and to experience what being a human was like. There's no cheating allowed. He had to do it our way. He had to live our life the way we live it and die like we would die. So at the perfect opportune moment, God sent his son, Jesus, to be born of a woman, conceived without a man by the Blessed Virgin Mary, born under the law, God came under the authority of his own law. He obeyed his own rules. He enjoyed all of our natural limitations and all our obligations to God and to each other. Why? What's the purpose of this? To redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons. He came to redeem us. What is to redeem you? He means to buy back. Buy us back. Not from the devil. He doesn't own us. Not from sin and death. They hold us, but they don't own us. No. He came to redeem us from the law. Why? The law condemns us. It amplifies our sin. It stirs up that inward corruption inside you. It's like that sign on those children carts at the mall. It says, do not put child in the bag. I would not have known what it was like to want to put the child in the bag until the sign told me not to do it. <laughs> that's, that's what the law does. It tells you not what not to do, and suddenly, somewhere inside you, there's a deep desire to do it. The law can't make you, a sinner, righteous. It can only kill you. Pronounce the death sentence. So, to be redeemed is to be set free. Christ took upon himself your legal obligations, and then he discharged your debt in your place. There was a prisoner swap. His life for the life of the world. He gave his life in exchange for your life. Which means that the law has no claim on you. It can't condemn you anymore. It means that you've been forgiven. Death no longer has its sting. The grave has lost its victory. Christ has conquered, and in him, you have your victory. And so, this means that we receive the adoption as sons. Why sons? Some of you ladies are thinking, I don't want to be a son. I'm happy just the way I am. Thanks very much. <laughs> Think back to those times. Who became king next? Who served to inherit? Sons. So Paul's using this to say, we all become children of the king. 
We all get to inherit. We are adopted into the family of the king. This child of Mary is your freedom. He's your life. And you are no longer slaves, but you are heirs of the king. You have a place in your father's kingdom. So Mary is the mother of the Messiah. She's also the mother of God. But she's also a mother who believed. Elizabeth has more to teach us about the motherhood of Mary. She says, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believed. Remember the time when Jesus was teaching. A nice Roman Catholic lady stood up and said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. And what was Jesus' response? Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Because that's why Mary is blessed. She heard the word of God and she believed it. She kept it. She treasured it in her heart. Elizabeth blessed Mary for her faith, her trust, for trusting the Lord, for believing that when the Lord told her something, it was going to be so. Mary is the mother who believed. And that's the greatest miracle. Not that a virgin would conceive. Not that her child would be Almighty God. No, but that Mary would actually believe it. That's the real miracle. Mary is faithful, full of faith. She believes that all of the promises that God had spoken to Abraham and to the prophets, all those promises were fulfilled because of her child. That through the seed of Abraham, all nations would be blessed. And that promised Savior, that Messiah, dwelt in her womb. Mary believed it. And so she is called blessed among women. That's the greatest miracle of all. And it brings us to why Mary is so great. The greatness that we all can share. Elizabeth shared in that greatness. She believed that the baby in Mary's womb was her Lord. Elizabeth considered it a great honor to be visited by Mary. And so we can answer Elizabeth's question. Why has this happened to me? Well, it happened to you, Elizabeth, because you believed the Lord. Do you have Elizabeth's same excitement? Why has it happened to you that your Lord would come for you every week? Blessed is she who believed. Will you share in that blessedness? Will you believe? Will you trust that the promises that God has given to you are all true? Although we are lowly, God would raise us up. Dear Christians, baptized believers, magnify the Lord. Rejoice in God your Savior, the holy child born of Mary. The mighty one has done great things for you. And holy is his name. Jesus has loved you with a deep and everlasting divine love. That's why he took on flesh in the Virgin Mary. Jesus came to us when we wouldn't go to him. He came to bring us 
mercy because He remembered the promise to Abraham. Christ came to pour out the blood that He got for Mary. He came to offer His body to the Father to save us from our sins, to bring us back home to our Father's house. Who are we that such love should come to us? But He has loved us. So let us magnify the Lord together, for He who is mighty has done great things for us, and holy is His name. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.